I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm still trying to figure out how the Bucs won this football game (laughs) or did the Atlanta Falcons lose it. But either way, uh, 25-22, Tampa Bay comes from ahead this time because they did have the lead – you know, for, for a good portion of the game anyway. And uh, somehow, Baker Mayfield, who had not thrown for even 100 yards up to this point, puts together a 75-yard drive in just five plays. And the big play was a third and 10 shot to Chris Godwin for about 30-some yards. And then he finds... That was a beautiful pass, by the way. Oh, it was it was his best throw, no mm-hmm. question. And, and we'll talk about Mayfield, who missed a bunch of throws, I thought, mm-hmm. did not have his best game. Uh, they put a lot of pressure on him, giving him very little little chance to you know make plays except on third down. But he hits Kate Otten with an 11-yard touchdown pass and just 31 seconds left in the game. And then, just to keep it exciting, um, the Bucks, you know, playing the prevent, let him go all the way to the three-yard line before – uh, they make the tackle Ooh. there in in the game. <laughs> I mean, if I'm a Bucks fan, and believe me, I'm not. I've seen enough of these games, and and I've I've played the whole journalism card. But it it is interesting. I, I was trying to imagine myself like first, the Bucks look like they're going to win in a game they didn't really play that well, uh, and you know they're up twenty two seventeen, and then Ritter, you know, hits hits uh, Drake London for an unbelievable play. It looked like the game was going to end the way it did the other day with an Anton Winfield interception, but make or Ritter uh, kind of gets London and he, and he, and he mosses uh, Antoine Winfield. And anyway, they go down and they scored a touchdown and a two-point conversion, and all of a sudden the Bucks are trailing, but there is there is still plenty of time. And, uh, you know, hey, credit. Listen, this, we talked about this was the must of must wins, right? And mm-hmm. they said Todd Bowles told his team, Eight days we can be in first place, and by gosh, they're in first place. Yeah, credit to them. I mean, you know, when it counted most, and and it looked like this was the script of every other Bucks game. Mm-hmm. Played well, the defense plays well all game. Offense right. struggles, right? But then the defense gets to the fourth quarter and gives up the drive that lo- loses it for. Them. Yeah, always. And it happened again, and it right. almost happened at the second time in the game, right? As, as yes. you mentioned. But Baker Mayfield in the offense, uh, as you said, that that throw to Chris Godwin was that was oh. that's maybe the best throw he's thrown all year. That was really beautiful. Yeah, uh, it, given the circumstances, everything else about it, mm-hmm. um, what a throw it was, and and leading them down to get the game winning drive. I mean, it's huge. Right. Abs- yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, once Atlanta took the lead, you were kind of like, well, there goes the season. That's it. I mean, yeah, that was the feeling going. you had watching the right. game. Hmm. Hmm. Um, they did, you know, they did some good things, and, and passing was not one of them. I mean, May- Mayfield did not have his best day. Like I said, he had didn't even have a hundred yards passing until that final drive, which is still just incredible to me. Um, but the one thing I will say is that you talk about a guy that's kind of turned it around. Uh, Rashad White mm-hmm. has has been a really a bell cow type running back, which there aren't too many of those in the league these days. You know, Mayfield only completed 14 balls all day, and several of those were on the final drive. So he throws, you know, 14 to 29, not the uh, percentage an NFL quarterback is looking for, 144 yards, not the yardage looking for, but he does have two touchdown passes. But, yeah, right, the 32-yard the strike there uh, to Chris Godwin was the play of the day, and – how about Godwin, right? And up to that point, he had done very little. He had 11 targets, by the way. Uh, it, it it looks like maybe his wife uh, got through a little bit. Well, and it was uh, at the expense of Mike Evans' targets. Oh, yeah. This time they decided not to throw at Mike. And yeah. Mike got the usual coverage, but he only had, he had six targets, but only one catch for eight yards. Oh, I think he was double teamed even more than normal. 
Do you? I do too. It, it seemed like like he had they were nothing. taking him out of the game. Period. Yeah, they were basically saying, yeah, he's not beating us. Right. You know. Right. We'll take our chances. And they dared him to run the ball, and they ran the ball, and they ran it effectively. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, thirty-seven carries total for one hundred forty-eight yards. White with twenty-five for one hundred two, and then how about Chase Edmonds giving them a little bit of a lift with uh, forty yards on the ground, average five yards a carry, eight carries, had a reception as well, and. You know, this is the thing, like, I think the fact that in the fourth quarter they knew they could run the football, uh, it kind of gave them life. Now, when you get to third and ten and you need a field goal and you're not in field goal range, you're still shy of that. Uh, I thought for all the world that Baker would, you know, try to check it down, try to get in field goal range on fourth down, but they were in two-down territory there if they needed to, and he took the shot play, and, yeah, it was it was, you know, and I mean, we talked to Chris, and what a week for Godwin, right? Like, you know, you don't get any catches the previous game, and then it becomes a story because Todd Bowles indicates falsely that on, on Monday that, well, you were in and out of the game because you've been kind of nicked up when, in fact, you played as many snaps as you always do. Uh, and, you know, and then his wife takes offense to it and calls them liars and um, says they're using his injuries as an excuse for not throwing him the ball. And then Chris has to come back and explain that. And, I mean, it, it was just a saga. Um, and I don't, I don't think these guys were ever at each other's throats. It really wasn't like that because I know Dave Canales and Bowles met with Chris and they really worked hard to try to get him uh, get him open, get him freed up, you know. Um, and, and I, you know, they clearly made an effort to give him the ball. But up to that point, he really he or none of the other receivers has really done very much, um, but to have that big play, and you know we asked him about it after the game. He's like, "Look, man," he goes, "You know the past is the past, you know." But but I just you know I love playing and I love making plays. I wanna I want to be a big part of this, and I've you know I've made plays my whole life, and I know how lucky I am to play this game. And you know Chris is not really a diva. I mean, it's a, look, it's a receiver position is one. Um, that is almost inherently selfish, right? Because you can't throw the ball to yourself, right? Um, and you can go out there and, and think about playing 55 snaps where you're running full speed, right? Selling every route, even if you're just a clear-out guy, right? Like you, you have to completely bust it through the entire route tree. And if the ball never comes your way, uh, it did come his way three times the previous game. He had no catches. He dropped one. Um, that's very frustrating and fatiguing and, you know, mentally draining and all those things. Um, but he, but he stuck with it. He's the ultimate pro and when needed, you know, he made the play. Steve, this is what I wrote about in the Tampa Bay times and on tampabay.com. And that is there's still enough players on this football team, uh, that know how to win and they have a champion's heart. You know, it, it still beats underneath those the, those uh, shoulder pads and everything. And and guys like Godwin are part of that. Mike Evans is part of that. Um, you know, on defense, you've got Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, you know, you, you've got Levante David, obviously. Devin White didn't play this game. Uh, I thought they got some good play from some of their, you know, K.J. Britt, who had a back injury the week before, made some nice plays, dropped an interception, by the way. But, you know, and then Carlton Davis. I mean, Carlton Davis – on pure film study, early in the game, mm-hmm. jumps a little flat route to Bijan Robinson, and it was damn near a pick six. They said he was touched down at the uh, eight yard line. The Bucks wind up punching that in for a touchdown. Um, that's a, that's an enormous play. That's a guy that's played in Super Bowls, you know. And, and I talked to Winfield after the game. He said, "Look, man, I've already played in the biggest game of my life, right? And won it. I, I played in the Super Bowl in my rookie year, and so." My job is to calm everybody else down. There's <laughs> a kid that's like, you know, in his what, four, going into his fourth season uh, next year. And so, yeah, he he's, you know, it's that kind of pedigree, that kind of experience, that kind of calm in the chaos. And you know who fits that mode? He's not a champion, certainly not a Super Bowl champion, is Baker Mayfield. The The, the more chaotic things are, the better he seems to play. It's it's really true. It's like, you know, he's good in those end-of-game drives. Um, this was, you know what this reminded me of? is a Houston game. You know, they went down there, they scored, um, and 
you know, this time they didn't give up the three yards that it would have taken to get in the end zone. Because for one, Ritter didn't throw the ball in the end zone, which is what he needed to do. But it was very similar to that, except they 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 managed to get out of there alive, and and so maybe they got one back, you know, from Atlanta. And, it, and make no mistake, if they'd have lost this game, they'd have been not only two games back in the standings, but really three because you you lose the head-to-head tiebreaker to the Falcons. And with four to play, they just weren't going to make that up. In fact, we'd have been talking about Todd Bowles' job. We'd be talking about, is Kyle Trask going to take over for these last couple games? Um, What do they have to play for? You know, the name on the back of your shirt instead of the front. You know, all that stuff. Those cliches you spit out. But it would have been kind of a dark and stormy place. And now, hope springs eternal, man. Like, you know, Atlanta's got to got to win games, and the Saints have to win games. And you've got the Saints at your place, and you've got Carolina one more game, um, and then of course Green Bay, and then Jacksonville at home. So, I don't know if they win three out of four. I think the math favors them. Uh, they've got the tiebreaker now in common opponents over the Falcons uh, and o- over the Packers, and so, or I'm sorry, over the uh, uh, the Saints. And then, of course, if they just beat the Saints, they sweep them. So that's that's head-to-head. That's the first tiebreaker. They're in a good position. And maybe, just maybe, they got a little bit of momentum. Now, it's not going to be easy going up to Green Bay with the elements. You don't know what, what they're in for up there. Green Bay will be coming off a short week because they play tonight. Um, but but the season is alive, right? Like, it's alive. And and I'm sorry, but that's that's the job. The, jo- the job is find a way to get into the tournament. I mean, look. You probably watched the Sunday night game. Remember when the Eagles were the best team in football? One that didn't seem that long ago, does it? Well, yeah. Now they're not even the top seed in their division. <laughs> How about that? How yeah. about that? How about they're a wild card team, man? Remember when the Niners lost three in a row? Yes, and now they're I the do. top teams in the NFC, and now they're the number one in the NFC, and they're dominating teams that they play. This league, um, you have to be playing your best ball in December and going into the postseason. You know. Because that's that's when the separation happens. Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys, I really believe they look like a Super Bowl team. You know that that's just they, they haven't I, lost. I wouldn't have said that earlier years. in the year. No, no, not when not when San Francisco thumped them. You know they were they were grasping, and yet I don't think they've lost for two years in in Dallas. And so if they get home yeah, field, fifteen in a row at home, I believe now. Yeah, I mean that's nineties cowboy stuff. Right, that's the last time they did that. Um, so it, it is a it is a week. To, it really is a week to week league. And look, you know, like we always said this: if you win, you can win every game, and if you lose, you feel like you're never going to win again. Um, but the Bucks now have won three out of four, you know, and two in a row, and they got they got a little bit of momentum heading into Green Bay, and they got you know a couple home games after that, and then they finish up at Carolina which might be for the division title. Who knows? So it, it certainly beats the alternative if you're them. They were spent, though. I will say this. like After the game, they were very excited, obviously. But when Todd Bowles got to the podium, I was like, hey, man, you need a glass of water or something? <laughs> just, he just had this look like, uh, I survived this. What happened? And I think uh, Jen somebody asked him, like, how is it for you on the sideline when all this is going? He goes, well... It's fun when you win. Well, I don't. Um, I don't know if you saw because you're at the game, so yeah. you're not seeing the TV feed per se. Not always. No. When they blew the coverage on the two point conversion. Oh my god! For Atlanta to to now go up, what was it? Three points. Four or three points. Three yeah, points three, at the right. time. Twenty. Mm-hmm. What five twenty two? That's correct. The look on his face, and then he crouched down and had his hands on his hat over his head. Really. Like it was, if the Bucks lost that game, that was going to be the meme of the season, right there. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, and it was just you could like you, you couldn't know, believe they it, blew the coverage. Well, and we've talked about every week. It seems like he's at the podium. We keep making oh, yeah. mistakes. It's mistakes from day well, it one. Happened again. And this yeah. and this, and you know, it was like they hit that two point conversion, and that was going to be the meme of the season of Todd Bowles looking for a new job. I mean, that's what. Mm-hmm. That's what you were thinking at that moment when you saw the the look of just what are we doing on his face, and then when he bent over. Yeah. Uh, now they go down and win the game, so life springs eternal, and now he's on top of the division and a division leader. You know where if the playoffs started today, you're hosting a playoff game. 
It's unbelievable. I mean, and not against the Cowboys. You're hosting against the Eagles. Yeah, which is a which suddenly looks like a beatable team that you had already this year, uh, and you were a different team. You're a much better team now, and they're maybe not as good now. Um, and you know, I mean, look, if they'd have lost this game, you go back and you look at Atlanta. They had like they were down to like their top four offensive linemen were out of the out of the game by the time it ended. You know, their backup center, they had their backup tackles. Like, mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of injuries that the Falcons were sustaining, and yet. They were they were still now the Bucks missed Vita Vea right like they yes. they certainly need the big guy to come back and play in the middle of that defense um, they're not the same uh, but they outrushed the Atlanta Falcons which is not really what usually happens I mean you 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 average three point seven you'll take that as a defense all day you know um, Bajan hurt them a little bit you know in the passing game especially but. Um, you know, for the most part, you go out there and you rush for 148 to 96, you feel pretty good about things. But, again, it was the turnovers. And your boy, I know he's a Bearcat, but, man, if Desmond Ritter isn't this year's version of Jameis Winston, I don't know who is. Well, I mean, just in the two Buccaneers games, how many turnovers? And then Antoine Winfield gets one that called back on a penalty. Yeah, that's a pick, um, yeah. You know, it's just yeah. He was not. He has not been good in these two games against the the Buccaneers at all. Mm-mm. I mean, and the fumbles. Like it's not just mm-hmm. the interceptions, right? But like uh, losing the football. You know, the safety was a huge play. Yeah, he, he held know? the ball way too long. Oh yeah, like you're in the end zone. You can't hold it that long. You can't sit back there, right? He's patting the ball. I mean, actually, what Winfield said was, he goes, "Well, I was just gonna sack him, and then I saw him patting the ball." <laughs> So he's like, so I figured, yeah, I'd take a swipe at it while I'm here, you know? Uh, and then uh, the fullback picked it up, and, you know, fortunately Patrick O'Connor realized, hey, I got to tackle this guy. And he did in the end zone for the safety. But, you okay, so here's here's the math of this thing, right? So there's two points there, okay? Uh, the Carlton Davis interception, that's seven, okay? We're at nine. And mm-hmm. how about Ritter on – Third and goal has a wide open Bijan Robinson in the mm-hmm. right flat and flat out misses him. I mean, airmails it, right? So they kick a field goal. That's four. All right. So, I mean, those are, those are give me points. You know, I, they miss two field goals. And they, and they doink two field goals when um, he had not missed, he missed just one all season. Hit the upright on one, then went the other way and was wide left. You know, so it was, uh, yeah, I mean, the points off the board, the Falcons did this in the first game. It was very similar. You know, they, they mm-hmm. could have won by 21, and they fumbled three times inside the 11, twice inside the one, once that ran, ran through the end zone for a touchback. They got no points at all. So it is, uh, it, to be a Falcons fan and watch that every week, and it's every week. I mean, they turn the ball over every week. You know, and and that is the thing that will kill you in this league if you if you consistently lose the turnover battle. Um, but this is this is the damnedest race I think I've seen. I mean, last year, you know, was interesting because no no team had a winning record uh, clearly. But uh, and that might be maybe that's the case again this year. We'll see. But it just seems like they if you go through the year and say who's in first. Like it is a round robin. Like so, somebody besides Carolina, who's never been in first, has shared first place for a you know for a good bit this entire season. They just been handing it back and forth, and now the Bucks are back on top after being third uh, just you know two weeks ago. So, man, it's, it's just it's unbelievable. We'll talk about uh, some of the other guys that uh, stood out in this game here in just a minute. But first, I want to remind you guys that for the past fourteen years. The skilled pros of May Electric Solar have been installing solar energy systems in Florida. They provide the most reliable solar equipment, the best installation methods and service, while keeping homeowners able to cut energy costs with an environmentally friendly investment. May Electric Solar uses their own skilled employees, never subcontractors, and they've always offered the safest and the most reliable equipment. Well, now May Electric Solar offers a 30-year no-cost equipment replacement and labor warranty. That means for 30 years. May Electric Solar, backed by Solar Insure, means that your roof, electrical, and equipment replacement is covered. 
Solar Insure even survives May Electric Solar and is owned by the homeowner with no deductibles or additional fees. This policy will transfer to new homeowners with no fee. It's not a blanket insurance policy. In fact, only the best contractors are allowed to be part of this program. May Electric Solar's reputation and history of workmanship has earned them this membership. To learn more about May Electric Solar's installation and their 30-year warranty, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. Um, one guy I just, I wanted to, uh, there's a few, but I wanted to single out, uh, that Zion McCallum had a, a really unbelievable day. And in fact, I don't, I don't think that the, the Falcons score the go ahead touchdown, if not for what I thought was an egregious passenger interference penalty, they're off the field and they got him on pass interference on a third down throw, which looked like he got part of the ball. Um, but that irregardless, he led them in tackles, and not only that, but he batted away two passes that could have been points. You know, um, he's played better and better each week to the point where, uh, you know, if Carlton Davis is going to be a ball hawk all of a sudden, he's got a couple of interceptions now. I don't know that there's room for Jamel Dean except in nickel because I love the way Zion McCallum, his closing speed, um, he's made some good, good open field tackles. It was really impressive to sort of watch him, and he led them in with nine tackles, which sometimes is a bad sign, right, if your corner's getting a lot of tackles. But he also defended two passes, as I mentioned, and then also caused a forced fumble. So really good game by him. He was, and, and you know, like the defense played pretty well all day. Like you said, except for the fourth quarter, you know, all of a sudden you're like, here we go again. yard drive. Yeah, yeah, here we go again. Because, I mean, they, they dominated the beginning of the game, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like I don't think Desmond Ritter's that good of a quarterback, and that helps. But you know, you play who you play. That's right. Um, uh, McCollum stood out. I thought I thought KJ Britt Britt did some nice things. Did really well. Yeah, eight tackles for yeah. him. But nice if he held on that interception. Yeah, hit him right in the chest. Yep. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I remember Lovey Smith one time told me, and we were just, and I didn't really get it at the time. He goes, Rick, what's the most important trait of a linebacker? And I'm thinking, well, he's got a tackle, he's got a run. And so I I said something like that. He goes, catching the football. You got to catch the football. Well, there was one that didn't catch the football. I mean, he hit him right between the numbers, man. Yeah, and another, we talked about this player earlier. He didn't get a lot of targets. Mm-hmm. But that catch Mike Evans made in the end zone, he ended up getting his hand on the ground just a split oh, second I know. before his he second foot got it, down. And then, but his arm, his hand was on the ground before that second toe hit. That's a tremendous catch. I mean, I know it didn't count. Yeah. But holy cow, that's a tremendous catch. I know. To get your feet down in that situation, it was unfortunate. Like, he'd have had to, like, done face first or yeah, something. He just needed but, that, that foot to get down just a hair quicker, uh-huh. that second foot. But, I mean, just wow. Which, you know, for a guy that didn't get many targets and, mm-hmm. and only had one catch, that just goes to show you that even in the biggest moments down there in the red zone, he's out there trying to make things happen, you know. And you're right if you're Baker Mayfield to try to throw to the guy because he just keeps coming up with play after play after play. Um, you know, and then the other touchdown pass was was sort of the screen to uh, Rashad White, who if you give him some open field, you know, he can go, you know, and – Again, I, I listen. I'm I'm not I'm said this on this podcast a, mu- a bunch of times. I think that special shows up early, and he did not. Okay, and up until two weeks ago, he had one 100 yard game for his career last year in Seattle. Well, guess what? He's had two in three weeks. Okay, rushing not, and he's had a uh, I think he's had is it five or seven uh, 100 yard total yard games, and how about this? Uh, only Christian McCaffrey and, and uh, Travis Etienne have more 100-yard days rushing and, and receiving than Rashad White. Those That's pretty good company. He's got over 1,000 yards in total yards, and he's, he's got a good chance to be the first running back because I think he's got 750 yards now. I think he's got a mm-hmm. good chance. First one since Doug Martin in 2015 – that was so long ago. That was like that's that's Jameis territory, you know, uh, rookie territory. Mm-hmm. That is. I, I so. think Dave Canales is finally figuring out ways to get him involved, and I think getting him out in space, getting him in the passing game, yeah, has helped him yeah. in the running game. 
I think so too. Um, I think so too. You know, I, I still think in what was it the fourth down play? Dave Canales is still trying to run power. Yeah, football, I, and, and they're not a power not run happen. team. Like no, mm. you know, I, I still think, I still think he's not in a, a great rhythm play calling yet. Nope, and still nope. trying to call plays for what he wants to be, not what they are. Not what they are. Correct. I, I think he's got to ad- he's got to be better at that in s- situations. Mm-hmm. But I think he's finding ways to get Rashad White the ball in areas that he can then produce. And, mm-hmm. you know, the touchdown. But, it, you know, watching him in space, watching him catch the ball out of the backfield, watching him run routes, he's really good at that. And I think the success there is making him a better running back because the teams have to respect. They got to defend him. They got to defend yeah. him, you know, leaving the, you know, going out of the pocket. Mm-hmm. And, and in the flat, so it, it helps open up that run game some. And I, I think Canales has done a nice job of finding ways to get him involved that isn't necessarily running up the middle. It's interesting about Canales because I think you're right. I, I think he goes in with the idea that this is what we're going to become. So the sooner we keep doing this, they'll get it. You know, like the bulb's going to go off. And they have gotten better running the football. And White, you know, going back to the Buffalo game when they talked to him about being physical and not hesitating – he has taken to that, and it, and it has helped for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said all that, they are such notoriously bad starters, right? They're slow. They haven't had a drive for a touchdown in the opening drive all year. Of course, they got close when Baker Mayfield got hurt in Indianapolis. Um, but he gets he he gets out coached sometimes, and he, and and he um, is stubborn to the point where I felt like. They almost had an agreement, him and Todd Bowles, that you know what? Desmond Ritter's gonna give us some some turnovers here. Let's not do anything stupid, right? Let's let's play a clean game, a field position game, be careful with the football, right? And we'll get we'll get some turnovers and we'll get some points off of them. I really think they thought that. Um and it was almost like he was coaching as a complimentary style, right? The other thing is that Atlanta, the way they came out, they're such a ball control team that, you know, the Bucks had two possessions in the first quarter. That was it. Mm-hmm. And and so if you don't stay on the field yourself, right, you may not see the ball. You know, like that Atlanta's capable of holding it for a long periods, and I think they knew that as well. Like they knew Atlanta wanted to do essentially what they've been trying to do all year, you know, which is which is control the ball. And so Canales – in concert, I think, with Bowles' wishes. And defense's coaches, man, they're just like this. They want to keep their defense fresh, you know? Um, but I really do believe this game, as much as any of us I've seen, is like, nope, we're going to run on first down, we're going to run on second down, and then Baker has to make a play. And that's kind of the way it went. And he didn't make plays. It's kind of the way the season's gone. Although, early <laughs> in the season, they were converting those third downs. True. Which is one of the yeah. reasons they started 3-1. and one. Right. Yeah, right. You know, they were, what, the best team in the NFL on third down. Yeah, they were, I mean, Baker was like 83% or something like that um, on third down passing. Uh, he was incredible. But, yeah, I, I mean, okay, good on him that they have run it enough to where I think they've gotten better mm-hmm. running the football. Um, but you make it really hard to play offense and really hard to score points. And they score, again, they scored points because – we just documented how many came off turnovers, you know, nine in particular, but probably prevented a lot more than that. Um, so, yeah, I this it, when, the, when the story is written, and whether it's the obituary or the, you know, um, congratulations, you made the playoff letter, uh, Dave Canales is at the front and center of it. You know, you, you took a chance on a guy who hasn't called plays since Carson High School, all that stuff I say, 16 years ago, whatever, uh, and – inevitably he's going to be out coached and it's going to take time and it's a new system and it's a new quarterback and all those things. Um, and yet they have gotten better at the things they want to do. Um, the offensive line has gotten better. I think as long as they can stay together and they've, they've been relatively healthy. I think Aaron Stinney has been a big addition. Um, I think Cody mock is playing better. They protected Baker pretty well, you know, in that game. So, I mean, there's improvement, and they're going to need. Listen, you go to Green Bay, and I have not looked at the forecast, but I can tell you it's going to be cold. And if this game 
Okay, think about this game. They struggled, right, throwing the football. Uh, this was in a dome. <laughs> there was no elements, man. I mean, if you can't throw it on a day like that, then you then, then imagine what it's going to be like when, you know, it's a little sticky and cold and, and windy and very rainy or looks or like sunny. Or looks like sunny, high of 43. Is that right? They got another balmy day in, in Green Bay. That's incredible. Yeah. Low of 29, but, uh, you know. That's still incredible. If it's going up to 43, that's Between noon wild. and 1, which is central time, it says 43. Oh, oh, beautiful. Bring your shorts. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Actually, I'm not. I got to drive. I got to fly to Milwaukee and drive in, which I that's why I was really dreading the bad weather. But, um, well, good. Listen, then the weather will not be a factor or shouldn't be a factor. Um. You know, so that's all that all that stuff is good. One one final thing about the defense. Uh when you look kind of down the stat sheet, uh he didn't make a lot of plays, but he made splash plays. Kalijah Cancy, man. So he has he has three tackles, but he had his sixth, I think this was his fifth sack, fourth or fifth sack of the season. Um he had a tackle for loss. He had a quarterback hit. He and, just kind of and, quietly fills it up. And this is without Vita Vea next to him. So Right. Just just you know, yeah. this, this is when you needed him to step up and do more. Right, right. And Yaya Diaby is right there with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Yaya pitched in with three tackles and you know did his usual thing. But um those those rookies, they have they got some young players that are playing well. And listen, not for nothing, um we talked about Britain a minute ago. They're they've won two games without a certain player who wanted to be traded and wanted a hundred million dollars. Where are they with Devin White? What do you do when when he's healthy enough to play? Obviously, you're going to play him, mm-hmm. but do you play him situationally and and let the other guys play on passing downs? Like what? Like they've, if anything has been proven during this little mini stretch here of wins, it's that they can win without Devin White. That's the worst thing you could say right now about Devin White. Well, it is, but you know, are you going to play him situationally? I mean, the coaches. The coaches see the tape. They see the practices. Well, they love the kid. You know, I know they do. I mean, did they win these games because Devin White wasn't in the game? No. No, they won in spite of him not being right. there, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you know, okay, you're taking on a bad Atlanta offense. I'm not, I'm, taking, I'm not taking in Carolina. I'm not taking anything away from KJ Britt and, and everybody else on defense. That's yeah. not my point. But, but they didn't win the games themselves. These, this isn't wasn't San Francisco. This wasn't. That's you know, fair. Detroit, Buffalo, Philly, Philadelphia. Yeah. I, I mean, and look, you play who you play, and KJ Britt has played well, and a lot of you right. know. We said Zion McCallum, and you know, but maybe you were able to get by because the schedule sort of turned in your favor, which is what we said when we came, when the schedule came out, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, you know, we knew that the front part of the schedule was going to be tougher, yeah. because you're playing a lot of division games now. We knew that the division wasn't going to be that great this year, and now, correct. you know, three teams are tied at six and seven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you got Jacksonville at home, and look, Trevor Lawrence, who has mm-hmm. never missed a game in his career, tried to play, and I didn't see the game, but I heard he had three interceptions. Yep. Wasn't, and wasn't I, very good. I have to believe that's the ankle. You know what I mean? Like, when you're not right, it affects things. You know, affects your push off, your mobility, how you throw the ball, all that stuff. Just your confidence and yeah. how much you could practice. Don't forget, these guys like to practice, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're missing practices, you're not going to be as sharp going out there at full game speed. So it may take Trevor a little while to get back in the round. Probably be, you know, hell bent on throwing for 300, 400 yards when he gets to Tampa Bay. Um, but there's, I guess what's been proven, and like we started the show, was talking about. It really is the uh, any given Sunday, Thursday, Monday league. It, it just, you don't know, right? Like the Giants play the Packers tonight, and you would think, well, what do I got? Danny DeVito at quarterback or something like that? I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> Tommy DeVito, isn't it? Is it Tommy? Yeah, okay. A good kid from the neighborhood. Um, yeah, Tommy DeVito. And you think, eh, the Giants. The Giants are still like hanging around. Like everybody in the NFC, I don't think anyone in the NFC is eliminated yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, the Bears destroyed the, the Bears Lions. Bears are today. back in it. Yeah, they're all on the board, man. They're all like the Rams. The, hunt. the Rams went to Baltimore and forced overtime. They end up losing it on a kick return. Yeah, that was that was dramatic. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There were some dramatic finishes in that game. Oh, and I'm sorry, Kansas City. The biggest non-story of the of the day, because I heard this on the, on the plane on the way back. Um. Which, by the way, folks, we do this podcast for you at 2 o'clock in the morning, okay? Because Steve <laughs> stayed up. I got tossed out of the press box at 8 p.m. in Atlanta. Tossed out. I've never been tossed out of a press box. closing the press box. I'm going to write a letter to Rich McKay. This is not right. Um, so we ended up doing this late. But um, all I saw on TV and heard on the radio and everything was, oh, how can you call this offsides and Kadarius Tony on a play where, you know. How can you Taylor be that Swiss- far offsides? My God, I mean, you might as well be on the other team. I mean, not only was his feet offsides, his head was offsides. The, the The line judge couldn't even see where the ball was. It's one thing to say, hey, and I mean, I mean, Mahomes went all in. Mahomes is going to get fined, by the way. Andy Reid did too. And Andy's going to get fined. They're all, I mean, they're going to hammer those guys. You can't, listen, I, I'm all for referees not deciding the, the game. And quite frankly, I don't think there's a referee that wants to. Um, but you tell me, like, when it's so egregious and he doesn't call, like, is he supposed to know that you're going to have this dramatic Kelsey throwback for a touchdown? No, the, the flag mean, went up immediately. You see it in the replay. You can see him throw the flag. But if the guy had it. looked at him, he's got his arm out. If the guy looks at him, he's going to tell him, you're way off sides, man, because mm-hmm. line up on me. I'm, I'm on sides. You look to the sideline. They've been doing it the whole game. And for whatever reason, Tony just loses his concentration or focus. And, I mean, can you imagine, put it on the other way. Like, what if they hadn't called it, and then all the replays come out, and they're like, oh, yeah, they let that go. Well, you haven't called offsides all day. Well, no one's been on the other side of the ball all day. By the way, it's the 12th offensive offside penalty of the season. Which is more than a year ago. Yeah, not against the Chiefs, but I mean, this year in football, they never called that. It's the 12th one this season. They don't call offensive offsides, no. Yeah. No, they just they try to get guys to line up and they they help them and they don't want to call it. and that's the thing you don't want to call it, but it's kind of like okay let's say that that was Vaughn Miller, and he was lined up way off sides, and are they supposed to know that he's he's going to make he's going to sack the quarterback, and so therefore they should let it go before the play happens? Well, I also they heard in ESPN had what John Perry on or whatever the one of the officiating guys. And one of the things that Patrick Mahomes says, they always give us a warning. Well, John Perry said, and I'll, I'll I'll take him at his word on this. He was, yeah, we'll give a warning, but when it's that egregious, you can't. Like, it, yeah, it wasn't like you're barely there, or almost. You're there. on the other side of the ball, close. man. And and all he had to do was look over at the official, and the official That's will tell you thing. if you're offside. He's got his arm out telling and him. He doesn't yell it out, but if you look no. over to him, he'll tell you if you're offside or not. Right. You see it every play. But for them to make, like, he went up to Josh Allen and said, the worst blanking call I've ever seen. No, mm-hmm. it wasn't. You know, and yeah, how about this? Score more points, man. You, you'd played a wounded Buffalo team. I got news for you. Up until now, these last few weeks, I've been kind of like, yeah, Kansas City, uh, you know, who are the teams that can win? Baltimore, Kansas City, Miami. Mm, I'm probably done. I don't think Kansas City can win the Super Bowl. They don't have their receiving core is awful. They're awful. Like Look, Kelsey's they're fantastic, awful. but their receiving core is awful. He's tremendous, but you know, and nothing against like Justin Watson who played here. But if that if you're like those are the kind of guys that you need to step up, buddy, you can't lose the players that they have lost to free agency. And you know what's really a it's almost criminal, really it is, Steve, that Okay, it's one thing you don't want to pay Tyreek Hill and you get a bunch of draft, whatever, okay, whatever, right? So you lose one guy. But, like, how can you have a Patrick Mahomes and not invest heavily in receivers? Like, I've got him in his best. He's at the, he's at the prime age. He's won two Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. We are leaking oil, man. We are losing. And, yeah, salary cap's a real thing and all that. I get it. But it, it's almost malpractice that you would have – a talent like Patrick Mahomes and not have a bunch of damn good receivers, whether you drafted them 
you know, whatever it is, whatever you have to do. But he didn't have anyone to throw to except for Kelsey. No one that he can trust. Well, I think know? some of it I think some of it becomes the you know, the Tom Brady thinking. We've got the best quarterback, he can make anybody work. And he can, and he makes them better, but he can't, you know, he, he needs help. I mean, again, he needs help. Like Tom Brady won a Super Bowl with who? Mike Evans, Chris Godwin before mm-hmm. the knee injury, and what did they do? They went and got Antonio Brown. Oh, and Gronk. Like, it wasn't an accident that suddenly Hall of Fame players showed up to help him that still had some something left in the tank, right, before Brown lost his mind and, you know, Gronk lost his, his mm-hmm. back. Um, yeah, I mean, Kansas said, I'm just looking up their numbers now, 9% of their salary cap spent on wide receivers. Ter- that's terrible. That's 17th in the NFL. That's awful. Now, salaries I mean, doesn't mean everything. I mean, but. The only worst thing you could do is not spend it on the offensive line, and I'm sorry, I know who the left tackle is. No, their offensive line is 24th in the NFL. They spent 13% of their cap yeah. on the offensive so, line. So, okay, so out of the receiver, the two most important positions for the quarterback are what? Offensive line and wide receiver, right? Mm-hmm. And you have a combined how much percent? Less than 30%? Uh, 22, 23. 22%. 23%, uh, 20, let's call it. 23%. If you had the running backs can. in, it's 26%. That's awful. I'm sorry. That's awful. It just is. Mm-hmm. You know, I know Mahomes himself takes up a good chunk, but that's no, still. Yeah, you, I mean, he's he's $35 million or whatever gets the cap. But, yeah. you, but you have to give mm-hmm. this guy some weapons. You can't. Again, it's his best years, man. Look, Brady made it happen with no. That was his problem. They never gave him anybody. And then one year they said, here's Randy Moss. He goes, okay, I'll throw 55 or whatever you threw, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, and we'll, we'll win, we'll win 17 games. Um, yeah. I mean, their receiver core, Valdez Scantling makes 11 mil. against the cap. Nobody mm-hmm. else makes two mil. Wow. That's quite a disparity. Jeez. Yeah. Kadaris Valdez Tony's one nine. Sky Moore's one four. Hardman's one four. He's hurt. Watson's yeah. one two. Rice mm-hmm. is one one. Yeah. They get what they pay for. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. You get what you pay for. And uh, if you don't want to pay Tyreek, that's one thing. But you got to bring in some talent, whether it's rookies or, you know, or other veterans in free agency, but something better than what they got. And so now I don't think Kansas City makes it. If, if they make the playoffs, they'll be, they're like eight and five, by the way. You know, they're not that much above 500 themselves. Um, but having to go yeah, on the road, they'll, they'll probably make it. I mean, I guess they're a game ahead of the Broncos. Yeah, but you know what? The Broncos are steaming right mm-hmm. now. They've won a whole bunch of games. And, um, you know, Sean Payton's turning around for them a little bit. So it's not a given that they're going to win the division. If they have to go on the road for the entire postseason with that group of receivers, they're not going to win it. So I'm kind of I'm down on them. Um, a little up on, on the Ravens. I think the Ravens are sneaky good, you know, when when Lamar is working right. and They're the number one seed in the AFC right now. Are they? Okay. Yeah, they're ten and three. They're ten and three. Miami's Miami, not, Miami will play tonight. They can go to ten and three as well. Yeah, yeah. So they could they could maybe get back in it. But um, yeah, and Kansas City and Jacksonville are two games behind Baltimore at eight and five. Yeah, my three teams in the AFC were were uh, Baltimore, Miami, not in any order, in Kansas City. And now I'm not so sure about Kansas City. Well, I, I still question Miami. I don't think that I believe they haven't beaten a team with a winning record yet. I don't think they have. Like they they beat up on the teams you're supposed to win. Yeah. I'll say this, though. If they got the number one seed and they were playing in good weather in Miami the whole mm-hmm. time, I'd feel really good about them. I think they're they're a different team mm-hmm. at home. I agree. Yeah, they're undefeated um, at home. But, you know, the year that the Bucks won the Super Bowl, um, don't forget, they, they lost to the Rams and Kansas City back-to-back. You know, mm-hmm. they, they were not beating good teams either. And then they got hot, and they won eight in a row and won the Super Bowl. Um, so it can happen, you know, but, but I give them a chance. And then, and then, you know, in, in the NFC, you had Philadelphia right there, but I, I Philadelphia, had Dallas and San Francisco, all 10 and three. Right. And one of those three teams is is and, going to be in Detroit's nine and four. I don't, I just, Detroit's not that they're not them yet. In my mind, you could go in and beat Detroit. I don't think their secondary is good enough. Um, I think the quarterback can be, can be. Uh, a little up and down. I don't think Philly's defense is good enough. It's not. The back end's terrible. Mm-hmm. You can bomb away on those guys. 
they've been exposed, you know, and they're not playing good I football. Think, I think in the NFC, they've given up like the third or fourth most points this year yeah, in the NFC. A lot of points, yeah. And now Dallas is scoring 30 a game. I mean, it's incredible. And then at home, they're even better. But uh, So in the NFC, now I'm just down to two. I, I think it's either Dallas or San Francisco is going to represent the NFC. Is this 1995? I know. <laughs> I mean, Brett Favre and Steve Young coming back together again? Yeah. Um, but that's the way it feels to me. Anyway, uh, big win for the Bucks. Huge win. John Romano asked me during the, we were he was at the game with me and writing a column and he, he asked me, he says, So like is life better or worse for you if they win? <laughs> I was thinking, well, no one cares, first of all. But I then I got to thinking about it, it's like, uh, we'd be talking about Todd Bowles getting fired. We'd be talking about Kyle Trask taking over. Um there's all kinds of ramifications. And so mm-hmm. at least for a week or two, uh, the hounds are off the doorstep, so to speak. And uh, and they can focus on trying to see how many games they can put together now and maybe make a run at this thing, you know. And again, are they going to beat? They control their destiny. They do. They're destiny's darlings. Like it's all, they, they, have, they have retaken uh, control and the lead in the NFC South, even though the other two teams are tied with them. They they take care of business. They win. Simple mm-hmm. as that. Now it's not simple, but that's yep. that's how it works. Now the schedule uh, next week: the Bucks are at the Packers. Mm-hmm. The Saints are at home against the Giants. Mm-hmm. So you know that that presumably the Saints win. Yes, and the Falcons are on the road, but at the Panthers. And the Falcons win. So you think the so the Buccaneers need another good performance next week? Yeah, or they'll be one game back. Now that doesn't mean they're out of it this time. No, though. like they'd have been out of it now because Atlanta they had to beat because it couldn't yep. it couldn't afford being swept. Yes, um, but a non division loss even in the NFC doesn't eliminate them. Nope. it means they have to win all their other games. I believe they have to win their last three. I think to control it, you know, mm-hmm. and and it and, and it'd have to be a tiebreaker against the Saints yep. and or the Falcons. And then the following week, the Saints get the Thursday night game. Right. So they go to L.A. for the Rams. That'll be tough. That's a tough game. Mm-hmm. Sure the Falcons will. will host the Colts. The Colts are sneaky good. While the Bucks but, host the Jaguars. So the good. schedule's better for the Falcons and Saints. Absolutely. For the next two weeks. So, But don't the Saints and Falcons play each other one more time? I believe they do on New Year's Eve. Okay. So, so somebody's going to surge ahead there. Yeah. Let me take a or look. you're going to get quick. some help. Uh, the Saints are the Buccaneers New Year's Eve. I'm sorry, it wouldn't be New Year's Eve. They might be the last. I think the last week they do, as the yeah, Bucks, January sixth. Yeah, yeah. As, yeah. The last week as the Bucks host or uh, face the Panthers, right? And so that week it, it'll be an NFC South game yeah. somewhere. The Falcons Saints host Falcons Saints. Yeah, at so New they, yeah, right. So if the right team loses, right, mm-hmm. and you win, you could take the division that day. Yep. You'd much rather play Carolina, you know. Hmm. Than, than play Atlanta or, or, or New Orleans. Um, but they have to beat New Orleans, and they really can't afford to lose another South game for sure. And then they need – I think they need at minimum one of the two games against Green Bay or Jacksonville. Uh, if you got them both and one – if you went out, then you're the champions, period. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but would you have – what would it be, 10 wins? You'd be 10 and 7. I mean, shoot. <laughs> that was – I mean, we said at the beginning of the season, what's the ceiling? I said 10. Right, ten wins is a ceiling. They're more. Mm-hmm. They're an eight or nine win team in my mind. Hmm, maybe I'm right. Hundred percent guaranteed, or your money back. All right. Well, we've been at this long enough. Goodness yep. gracious, folks, we do this for you. Uh, we'll uh, talk more about the Bucks. Todd Bowles tomorrow at noon. Lightning got a big win Saturday night. Uh, took Saw a two zero lead in Seattle, then gave it up, and we're trailing in the third, but came back, tied it, forced overtime, and. Kucherov, by the way, just unbelievable. He's now he's lead- the MVP of the league. He's leading the NHL in goals, assists, and points. He's the, he's the MVP of the league. Yes. Can you get the MVP if your team doesn't make the postseason? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, does, well, that, does that happen? I you mean, can win the Heisman Trophy without a memorable play from the season. But oh Boy, that's true. Jalen Daniels, man. I mean, you always talk about a Heisman moment. Uh, I mean, he had a phenomenal season, phenomenal quarterback, you know, but... Normally, there's a there's a moment in there. I was going back and forth, with Matt Baker, about this. He goes, "Yo, you just look at his numbers. You can't you can't deny it. I mean, the guy rushed for." Well, you then, know, my thing at, was okay. So he had five touchdowns against Troy. 
You know, and that kind of like mm-hmm. there's not many of those games, but there's a couple like that. Mm-hmm. Right? He also destroyed Florida. You know, he destroyed some teams in the SEC, Texas A&M. I'm not diminishing his accomplishments, but mm-hmm. gosh, I mean, you'd like to think the best co- player in college football helped his team win. You know, I mean, he did help them the games they did win, but I'm just saying, like, they didn't. They're not. They're not playing in the Sugar Bowl this year. Well, yeah, he would not. He would not have been my pick. No, I mean, phenomenal I think, season, I think phenomenal Penix, quarterback. Michael Penix I, yeah. to me was his Heisman. I agree, and it was a close. It was one of the closest votes ever. Mm-hmm. I would have you put know? Penix one, probably Knicks two, Bonex. Yeah, Jalen Daniels is is a surprise. Not ultimately. I mean, we, yeah. I think that Las Vegas had him as a favorite, but um, he made a late push. You know, that mm-hmm. game against Florida really helped him. Yeah, yeah. And he, look, he's phenomenal. I'm not taking right. anything away from the kid. I mean, the Florida State beat him. Mm-hmm. You know, a good defense took him apart, and then doesn't that count for something? Like, don't you have to? No, but Florida State doesn't count. I mean, we already determined. Oh, that. that's true. They've eliminated them as counting for anything. Apparently, it's a good point. I mean, Penix beats Bo I mean, Nix. Shouldn't Jordan Travis have won the Heisman? I mean, you take yeah, him out, I mean, and they're no longer in the that. playoff. Yeah, your undefeated team is not allowed to come to the party, right? That's brutal, by the way. It's like having being the most popular kid in school, and then you break up with your girlfriend, and now you, you don't get invited to anything. Like, it really wasn't about me, was it? Um, but, yeah, that, yeah, you're right. I mean, obviously, he is the most valuable player in college football if he can take an entire undefeated team out. With a knee injury. That's a great point. That'd be a good column, by the way. Um, anyway. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up. We will talk to you guys uh, tomorrow. Uh, hope you enjoyed the game. Uh, it was certainly interesting, and we'll have plenty to talk about in the Tampa Bay Times on TampaBay.com. Good column by John Romano on Chris Godwin and all that he had to say and what a week that he had as well, as well as uh, some good notes on, on Rashad White. And uh, the defense, of course, coming up big when they really needed to. Thanks for listening. For Steve Verstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 